Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Good afternoon, listeners. This is the Dogs Program and we have a very interesting and varied uh, program for you today. Later in the program, after we've talked to you about our latest press release, Robert will be interviewing Meg Wallace, who has recently written a very important book called Freedom from Religion. Uh, Today at five o'clock at Embigam Books, you'll be able to buy a copy of this book if you go down to Embigan Books which is just beside the State Library in uh, the, the the laneway just alongside the State Library. Embigan Books, 5 o'clock there will be a launching of this book Freedom From Religion and Robert and Meg will be talking about that later in the program. But we are here at 12 midday Saturday as we are every week to promote and to defend public education. And we have a website at www.adogs.info and if you go there, you can have a look at our press releases and you can also look at um, Separation of Church and State, which is part of our website, that Max Wallace, who is Meg Wallace's husband, uh, has some material on and he keeps it up to date. Now, we're up to press release six. 05, 605, because our website has been going since 1998. Press Release 605 has this to say, State aid to private religious schools is uneconomic. It always was, is and always shall be. Since the 1960s, dogs have claimed that state aid to private religious schools was too expensive, but they were howled down and accused of being sectarian by the sectarians. Now, many public school supporters ran from the facts, scared by the vituperative comments of the religious right and the voting power of insecure private school parents. So private schools have never been interested in poor children. And we're suddenly discovering this. Surprise, surprise. We heard an awful lot about poor parish schools, but we're now discovering that the poor children, the children from the low socioeconomic background, are mainly in our public schools. They're mainly interested in power and money. More and more money, and more lately, they have been engaged in what can only be described as a resources arms race. So now... 40, 50 years later, those who were espousing various versions of needs policies from the Schools Commission on are actually confronted by the figures, and the figures are very confronting. And at least they have the grace to admit that state aid to private religious schools has become, as it always was, uneconomic. It just doesn't make economic sense to have duplication of education facilities. Well, it's duplica- triplification. You, as many religions as there are, we're now uh, building new schools to divide our children. It just does not make sense economically or socially. So consider the following forward to 
uh, research that has come out of 3CR by Lindsay Connors at Sydney University and Jim McMorrow, who used to be, uh, first of all, in the Catholic Education Office, I think, and he was in the Schools Commission for a while and uh, then in the New South Wales Education Department. But he's a, a facts and finger, figures man, a number cruncher. But Ross Gissens, uh, who is a journalist, an interesting journalist, has written a foreword to their research. And uh, it has been talked about in the Sydney Morning Herald, but not yet, I don't believe, down here in uh, Victoria. The Sydney Morning Herald has an article which has as its heading, Education Experts Say Two Billion has been wasted on private schools. Well, listeners, the dogs say that it's been billions and billions and billions of dollars that have been wasted on private schools, but at least they're talking now about wastage. Now, this is what Ross Gittens had to say. For many of us old enough to remember, pride ourselves that the sectarian bitterness of our youth is long gone. The debates over state aid to Catholic and other non-government schools are now just a distant memory. Are they? Similarly, many of us like to believe that the class-based struggle of old is no longer part of modern political life. Is it? But the continuing influence of both sources of conflict isn't hard to find in federal and state arrangements for funding Australia's schools. Although governments switched to their own systems of secular education in colonial times, Catholic systemic schools still receive considerable government funding on a separate basis to the public school systems, which is separate again from the greatly increased public funding going to independent non-government schools. If it attempted to think this no more than an artefact of ancient history, just try fiddling with it. Whereas religious schools have long been more tightly absorbed into government school systems in most other developed countries, our Catholic systemic schools have retained a high degree of heavily subsidised independence. Few politicians have shown any desire to change these long-standing arrangements and sectarian sympathies, according to them, are too easily aroused. And whereas in other advanced countries and economies, other non-government schools have retained their independence by swearing off public funding, in Australia they've been able to enjoy the best of both worlds. While you might think there is little media sympathy for what journalists almost invariably described as elite private schools, the authors of this review, that is uh, the review that has recently been written by the ACER, by uh, McMorrow and uh, Lindsay Connors, remind us that just twice in the past 40 years has one side of politics, Labor, dared to propose cuts in grants to prosperous private schools before abandoning this policy and quietly vowing never to provoke such uproar again. It's commonly believed that politics has entered the post-ideological age, but schools' funding is certainly an exception. Whereas Labor governments have tended to emphasise equity and needs-based funding, coalition governments have emphasised choice and competition. 
The result has been a degree of seesawing over the decades as government has changed hands. And the authors, that's Lindsay Connors and McMorrow, trace the effects of these conflicting influences on schools funding by the federal governments over the almost 40 years between the early days of the Whitlam government in 1973 and the later years of the Rudd-Gillard government in 2011. And I personally would like to say here that um, McMorrow has been around for some time, but Lindsay Connors started off her career in the parents' organisations, I believe. And um, she has, over the years, taken a very strong anti-dogs position. But um, perhaps she might eventually, in her old age, realise that the dogs were always right, that state aid was always going to cause trouble, it would divide our children, it would become class-based and there will be no accountability for billions and billions of dollars of taxpayers' money. It might take her a few more years to get there, but at least, at least she is doing the facts and figures and giving them to us. Uh, because I think uh, Lindsay Connors, I personally think that she believed that they might be able to do something with a needs policy. She underestimated the religious schools and their determination to have both independence and money to have their cake and eat it. But um, using the prices at December 2011, Connors and McMorrow have found that federal grants for recurrent funding grew in real terms from $900 million to $11.4 billion a year, a more than 12-fold increase. Even remembering that the number of students grew by 24% to $3.5 million over this period, it represents a significant real increase in schools' funding. So there's no evidence of unwillingness to increase spending by either side of politics. And international comparisons confirm that Australia's total spending on schools is a little above the average for the OECD countries. So the author's figures reveal two outstanding trends over the period. That is um, the period between 73 and December 2011. First, whereas federal recurrent grants to government schools rose by a factor of about nine over the period, grants to non-government schools increased almost 16-fold. So whereas total federal grants were shared equally between government and non-government schools in 1973, that was when the Schools Commission was first set up, by 2011, the non-government school share had risen to 63%. This represents the federal government supplanting the states as the main provider of funding to non-government schools. Second, whereas total student numbers increased by 24% over the period, the number of government school students grew by just 3%, and that left the number of students in Catholic system schools growing by half the number of students in independent schools, growing by a factor of four. So there's a great deal more of this and uh, you can read it uh, on our website uh, and you'll discover that according to these people, uh, these people and their figures, there has been um, $2 billion which has been wasted 
on private schools in recent years uh, on the arms race, the resources arms race that we have been talking about. Over the radio programs that we've had over the last couple of years, actually, because this arms race has been going on for a while. And I do recommend that report. I think we'll be dealing with this this particular report by Jim McMorrow um, in various programs to come because the details are actually quite shocking. In fact, it's quite an important, I, I would say, turning point report if anyone deigns to take it seriously. Um, the private school lobby, of course, have done the stupid thing of questioning their figures. Um, I don't think that's an appropriate way to go. Stephen Elder in particular has poo-pooed the whole idea that private schools cost money rather than save money. But we will come to um, examining this report in in various programs to come because I think it's a very important report because it takes up one of the final props that the private school lobby has, which is the private school lobby saves us money when in fact that's not what's the case at all. I'd like to say, of course, that uh, they're trying to find a way around the problem quietly, but they never will. At the end of the day, you've just got to confront the Catholic Education Office and that's all there is about and it. And indeed, Independent Schools and Australia. Yes, yes, yes. And indeed, and because they're the ones that want taxpayers' money but no accountability for how they spend it. Actually, next week we'll also be reporting on the State Auditor's Report, or mm. beginning of a report, mm. an investigation into how taxpayers' money is spent within private education here in Victoria. But that's for next week. This week we have something very exciting in the studio today. We are very privileged to have someone to come and visit us and we'll be talking to her after these messages.